Well, good morning. This is Susan Santiago, and welcome to Pieces of Peace. We have some amazing guests lined up this morning, and we're going to start with um, a gentleman by the name of David Swanson. And our own Norman Solomon here in Point Reyes has said of David, quote, David Swanson is an antidote to the toxins of complacency and evasion. He insists on rousing the sleepwalkers, confronting the deadly provocateurs, and shining a bright light on possibilities for a truly better world. David Swanson is an author, activist, journalist, and a radio host on Talk Nation Radio. He is the director and co-founder of worldbeyondmore.org. And his books include War is a Lie and When the World Outlawed War. He blogs at davidswanson.org and moreisacrime.org. And he is a 2015 and 2016 Nobel Peace Prize nominee. World Beyond War is a global nonviolent movement to end war and establish a just and sustainable peace. Good morning, David. Good morning. Good to be here. Well, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Um, David, that's a very lofty goal, a war, a world without war. Well, I'm not sure we have any choice. Uh, a world with war increasingly risks destruction of the entire world, uh, either through climate destruction, in which the U.S. military is, you know, the leading climate destroyer, uh, not to mention the results of wars fought over fossil fuels, uh, and nuclear weaponry increasingly risks global destruction and people think that's something in the past from the 1980s uh, but you know the nuclear weapons to destroy the world many times over are still around uh, and, and mostly in the United States and Russia and now an increasing number of other countries with smaller numbers of nuclear weapons and the United States is building more of them and smaller ones and calling them more usable nukes and putting more nukes into Europe and antagonizing Russia uh, in Syria and Ukraine and along its border in Eastern Europe in ways we haven't seen in decades. So uh, I, I'm not convinced we can survive at all a world with war, uh, whereas a world beyond war, a world where we've decided not to have wars, uh, and, you know, and it always is a decision. It's a decision we made in 2015. Let's have an agreement with Iran rather than a war. In 2013, let's not bomb Syria. Uh, let's do something else instead. Let's take out their chemical weapons nonviolently. You know, if we if we make those decisions every time, which of course we can every time, uh, and don't have wars, well, then not only do we survive. But we have uh, a world where we can invest uh, in ways no one dares dream of uh, in human and, and environmental welfare, uh, in education and retirement and vacation and transportation and sustainable uh, agriculture and sustainable energy. I mean, we with riches to spare. Um, so it's you know it's it's a necessity, but it's also a, a utopian vision in the sense that it gets us to a place that most Americans uh, can't even imagine the the benefits of. And what would you say is the primary motivation of, let's say, our country? As you mentioned, uh, we are antagonistic toward Russia. Why are we this way? Why do you think war is perpetuated? 
There was an article in the Politico newspaper on Capitol Hill uh, several weeks ago now uh, where top Pentagon officials anonymously, we don't know their names, but top Pentagon officials were saying uh, that the reason for the hostility toward Russia and the ludicrously false claims floating around in, in the Pentagon about Russia's military superiority, uh, you know, which are you know, even more false than they were back in the 60s, 70s, 80s, uh, the reasons are two. One, bureaucratic desire for a reason to exist in the U.S. Army and in NATO, and two, profits, massive profits to be made from putting so-called missile defense systems on the border of Russia in Romania and Poland and, and all of the weaponry involved. Uh, and, and they're just openly saying this because it's so obvious to anyone watching, uh, but the, the shame is almost gone. Uh, the corruption is almost so complete that it's just openly talked about in Washington, that we're having wars for profit. Uh, and you have Congress members very openly, completely openly talking about military expenses in their districts and in their states as jobs programs, as economically beneficial. We can't shut this base. We can't shut this weapons program down uh, because it creates jobs, which, you know, sounds sociopathic if you're in the other 96% of humanity, especially if you're in, you know, one of the now seven countries the United States has a serious war going on in and the current president brags about having bombed. Uh, but it's also false. Economically, military spending is a drain economically, even tax cuts for working people, much less putting the same dollars into education, infrastructure, etc., uh, is economically beneficial. Um, and it, it's hard for us to grasp that because we all have neighbors working for subcontractors of the military machine, which has grown to be such a huge chunk of the U.S. economy but uh, and, and the leading U.S. export and the U.S. become you know, the arms dealer to the world which has nothing to do with patriotic U.S. wars, uh, it, it sounds hard for us to believe. But in fact, if you put those same dollars into something else, you would have such savings that you could retool and retrain and, and, and protect people and educate people so that no one would need to suffer uh, in a transition from war industries to peace industries. And do you think that would be possible, uh, David, to be able to re-employ, uh, re-educate, re-job all the many people who are involved in war in some capacity. Well, of course it would be possible. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it just needs to be done, and we need to have the political uh, will to get it through Washington, D.C., where, you know, you have a, a sit-in going in in Congress uh, over, you know, the resistance of the majority of Congress members to the most minimal, I would argue even counterproductive, uh, steps to restrain uh, the profiteering off of weapons domestically, uh, you know, and, and people are in an outrage because the NRA spends $3 million on lobbyists. Well, the weapons dealers, and there's overlap here between the NRA and the, and the foreign weapons dealers, but they spend about $65 million a year on lobbyists and completely own the Congress. Uh, you know, if you 
if you undo that, uh, if you initiate reforms or you initiate uh, a movement of nonviolent education and organizing and resistance and pressure and put the sit-ins outside the Congress and, and shut the whole place down until it reforms, well, could you do it? Of course. And there have been good bills with all the details of how to do it in Congress for decades. And Professor Seymour Melman at Columbia University used to write a book a year or so on how to do it. And there was good legislation that was close to passing when Kennedy was killed. There was good legislation that was close to passing at the end of the 1980s when uh, when the Cold War supposedly ended. Uh, and people imagined, even good, peace-favoring people imagined that when the Cold War ended and the Soviet threat went away, well, then all the wars would stop and military spending could be reduced. Uh, and, of course, that was to misjudge the whole problem, which was a U.S desire to wage wars and dominate the globe, which used the Soviet Union as an excuse for a while and now uses you know, Islamic fundamentalism and Middle Eastern terrorism as an excuse for a while while generating more of it. Uh, you know, we have to address the core of the problem, which is a desire for wars and a desire to dominate the globe with violence and to profit thereby. Uh, you know, we have to undo that in our culture. And Russia actually still has uh, armed nuclear weapons, don't they? Oh, of course, the mm -hmm. most of anyone in the world. And the United States has very close to what Russia has. Uh, and together they have over 90% of what the world has. But you have seven other countries now uh, with significant nuclear weapons. And you have numerous additional countries uh, getting nuclear energy for no other reason than that they want to be closer to getting nuclear weapons. Uh, and you have uh, the President of the United States making speeches about how you can't get rid of nuclear weapons for decades to come, probably not in his lifetime, and de defending them as a defensive and necessary tool. Uh, and, and liberals across the, the globe, and certainly in this country, applauding him uh, you know, as being against nuclear weapons. Well, he's eliminated fewer nuclear weapons than any previous president since the things existed, uh, and you know, is putting more into Europe and is antagonizing Russia in a way that hasn't been seen uh, in decades. And you now have uh, a candidate for president in the Democratic Party uh, who wants war in Syria, who wants a no-fly zone in Syria and bombing of Syria and says Obama was wrong not to bomb Syria in 2013, which probably would have put ISIS in charge of the whole country. Uh, you know, this is incredibly dangerous. Uh, and and the fact that fewer people even recognize it and that there aren't major marches against nuclear weapons and major initiatives uh, makes it that much more dangerous. Although there are organizations that used to take ordinary Americans to the Soviet Union and Soviets to the United States in exchange trips back in the 80s that have just started that up again now. And a number of my friends in the, in the peace movement are in, are in Russia right now uh, as, as part of this effort to try to heal wounds and build friendships through citizen diplomacy. Uh, we'll see how it goes. And um, David, how would you say would be the best way to resolve the situation with ISIS if it isn't in an aggressive military, military manner? 
well, I don't think that would be a way to resolve it at all as mm -hmm. counterproductive and benefiting ISIS, and ISIS says so and wants it and put out films asking the United States to attack it and really wants a ground war. And you had, you know, U.S. commentators uh, like Rachel Maddow celebrating that the U.S. was only giving ISIS its second choice, which was an air war. Uh, you look at, you know, somebody shooting people up in a nightclub in Orlando and citing ISIS and various other groups and yes he had all sorts of other motives and people are are, are complex uh, but he was demanding that uh, that the United States stop bombing ISIS that's not what ISIS wants ISIS wants the United States to go on bombing it and attack it on the ground because that's how ISIS gets the the power to motivate uh, disturbed people like that man in Orlando. Uh, you know what the, what the U.S. needs to do is disarm ISIS. Stop flooding that region of the world with weapons. Stop arming uh, terrorist groups in Syria that pass the weapons along to ISIS. Stop arming governments like Iraq that turn the, the weapons over so easily to ISIS. Stop dropping weapons. Uh, stop allowing. Turkey and Saudi Arabia and others in the Gulf to fund and arm and supply and work with ISIS, cut ISIS off, uh, and stop uh, the counterproductive bombing and instead try a ceasefire, try disarmament agreements, and try aid. We had a, a U.S. Air Force expert a couple months back now uh, say that the technology that could drop food accurately on people who are literally starving to death in Syria couldn't be used because it would cost $60,000, and the U.S. military would never spend that kind of money on something for a purely humanitarian purpose. Whereas they're spending tens of billions of dollars on killing people and generating, by the account of numerous top U.S. military experts the day after they retire, generating more enemies than they're killing. Uh, so it's counterproductive. Uh, and, but as a matter of principle, you know, when, when a mi every single missile costs $1.4 million, as a matter of principle, they won't spend $60,000 on saving people from starving when that would make the United States loved rather than hated uh, and facilitate negotiations and peace. Well, you know, that's... That's the wrong approach. Uh, and to say, well, what do we do about ISIS? We, we must do something where do something is code for either bombing or nothing, you know, is, is to miss the, the alternatives that are just not on the table. And, you know, we, we have peace groups talking about Obama as the peace alternative to Hillary Clinton and the 51 diplomats in the State Department who want to bomb Syria, whereas President Obama only wants less bombing of Syria and less arming and training of proxies. That's to miss the real alternative. Uh, and yes, the limited bombing campaign by the, the warmongers wouldn't work and would become a, a, a greater bombing campaign or a land war. But the even more limited Obama bombing campaign isn't working either. So we have to try an actual alternative to war uh, and, and recognize that it could be more uh, effective and needs to be given a real effort. Uh, and the United States didn't need to create ISIS in the first place. You know, the, these anti-U.S. groups don't arise out of thin air and the irrationality and backwardness of other cultures. They're created. Uh, and without the destruction of Iraq and the destruction of Libya and all the misdeeds in Syria, there would be no ISIS.
And what what if, for instance, we were to back off with the weaponry? We started using this approach. What about Russia? Russia actually provides quite a bit of weaponry, I believe, to Syria and the Syrian rebels. Uh, yeah, Russia has, by many reports, uh, and it seems fairly certain, killed more civilians uh, in Syria. This is the only people that get counted, so I only know the numbers for civilians. Uh, it, you know, I'm, I'm opposed to killing anyone, whether they're labeled a civilian or not. But Russia has killed more civilians, maybe even twice as many, uh, in Syria in recent months as the United States and its allies have. Uh, and Russia has, you know, Russia TV just showed uh, incendiary bombs, explosive fire bombs uh, that Russia was using, and then tried to censor that uh, that out of their own video. Uh, Russia has used cluster bombs, and the United States won't criticize it because the United States is giving cluster bombs to Saudi Arabia to blow up you know, children in Yemen, or was until it temporarily stopped just recently. Uh, you know, there, we have to oppose counterproductive, mass murderous techniques, whether they're engaged in by the United States or Russia or anyone else. Uh, you know, Russia is following the U.S. and its allies here in Syria uh, and doing it a little bit differently, but just as disastrously, just as counterproductively, um, you know, conceivably more legally in that it's, you know, has the agreement of the of the Syrian government, but the Syrian government is a, is a lawless dictatorship uh, and one that the United States supported for years. It's not as if Bashar al-Assad was, uh, you know, a, a good guy when he was torturing people for the CIA and became a bad guy when he started torturing people only on his own. You know, the, the United States has to uh, back off these destructive policies of arming and supporting dictatorships around that region and anywhere else on earth, uh, and then turning against particular dictators and trying to overthrow their government. Uh, and, and I keep coming back to the United States, not just because it's where I live, uh, but because it is the arms dealer to the world. Uh, these wars all have U.S. weapons on all sides of them. You have U.S. trained and armed proxies in Syria trained by the Pentagon fighting others trained and armed by the CIA. I mean, that level of madness nobody else on earth has begun to reach. And the Russian military is a small fraction of the U.S. military. But what the, what the Russian uh, Air Force is doing in Syria uh, is mass murder uh, and needs to be called out as such. And there's nobody, uh, you know, certainly no U.S. government uh, or U.S. allies or U.S. U.S. affiliated organizations willing to do so because the United States is doing the same thing. David, I'd like to mention um, the updated second edition of your book, War is a Lie, has now been published um, and it's put out by Just World Books. And veteran anti-war activist Daniel Ellsberg has said of your book that it's, quote, a terrific tool for recognizing and resisting war lies, war lies before it's too late. Um, what are some of these lies that Ellsberg is referring to? 
Yeah, and, and thank you. And by the way, a couple few weeks ago, uh, Dan and I did an event in San Francisco, and you can watch the video of it uh, at warisalie.org. Uh, and I did an event with Norman Solomon, whom you mentioned, uh, in Marin County, and I did a number of events in the uh, East Bay and down in Fresno with uh, Cindy Sheehan. Uh, so I've been touring with this and talking about this with people. And, uh, you know, there's not one lie. If you go to war is lie.org or you get the book uh, it's everything we're told to start wars to keep wars going to escalate wars to make long ago wars seem better after the fact all of it is dishonest uh, the claims of uh, about initial scandals to start wars from the the main in Havana Harbor to the invasion by Mexico to the ships that Wilson and Roosevelt told tales about to the Gulf of Tonkin incident that didn't happen to the babies that weren't taken out of incubators to the weapons of mass destruction that didn't exist and and on and on uh, through the justifications that are given once a war starts about spreading democracy and building nations or about defensiveness or about the evil of the other side that can only be addressed through war it's all a series of lies uh, and I, you know, I, I didn't, I didn't go through a chronology of every war because there are so darn many of them. But uh, I, in the book, I go through types of lies and give numerous examples and try to prepare people so that they can spot the lies more quickly. This is the the purpose of the book because in in both. 01 and 03, with Afghanistan and Iraq, you had polls showing a majority of people in the United States wanting war. And within a year or two, you had every poll from then since saying, no, we never should have started that war. So you have a good chunk of the public that thinks it was wrong and would have been better off knowing earlier and recognizing the problem earlier. And so, you know, part of it is getting people to recognize the pattern part of it is getting people to recognize that the lies are are actually answers to the wrong question right so yeah they were lying about weapons of mass destruction in iraq but what if they weren't what if every lie was true that wasn't a justification for a war legally morally practically or any other way uh, you know vietnam shot back at a ship off the coast of vietnam in the gulf of tonkin uh, would that have been a, an assault on the united states of america you know, it, when a Russian plane flies close to a U.S. plane now in the Baltic Sea, uh, is that an attack on the coast of the United States of America? You know, do we need to learn dark secrets from inside the Russian government, or do we need to learn where on earth the Baltic Sea is? You know, mm-hmm. uh, and, and so it's, it's a guide that tries to prepare people, and I was very encouraged by people's response to the to the president's pitch for bombing Syria in 2013, uh, and I think we need to build on that. I was very disappointed by people's reaction to the scary videos from ISIS in 2014, and I think we need to learn to resist that sort of manipulation by fear. Excellent. And before we go, too, uh, we're running out of time, David, but um, World Beyond War has a big event planned this September, and it's going to be held in Washington, D.C., and it's No War 2016, Real Security Without Terrorism. Can you tell us a little more about this event? Yeah, so we're planning a big conference in Washington, D.C. with all the best speakers and workshop leaders we can find from around the country and the world on uh, alternatives to war, what we can do instead of war, how we can move to nonviolent rule of law uh, approaches to 
conflict. We're not going to do away with conflict, but if we can do away with the weaponry and the and the tendency to jump into war, we'll be so much better off. And we're offering people resources to hold their own conferences in their own parts of the world if they can't come to Washington, D.C. Uh, one, uh, one place we're holding one at that time is in Berlin, Germany, uh, and I'm actually working with Roots Action, where Norman and I work together uh, on a petition to the U.S. and German governments to shut down the Rammstein Air Base in Germany, and that will be delivered to the German government at the time of that conference in September by whistleblowers and former participants in the U.S. drone murder program. Uh, so uh, a lot going on, and I encourage everyone to go to worldbeyondwar.org and sign up to come to Washington. Uh, and if you can't, get in touch and figure out how we can put on a good event that week of the International Day of Peace in September uh, in your part of the country. Very good. And again, I'd like you to um, let our listeners know where they could purchase your uh, book, which is has just been updated. It's the second edition of War is a Lie, put out by Just World Books. And where would they be able to purchase this, David? Uh, your local bookstore would be a, a great idea. Um, there is a, a bookstore, I guess it's Santa Rosa in, in, in California that uh, might be the closest to you that may have a bunch of books I, I already signed possibly at uh, at the event with Norman Solomon. But uh, your local bookstore or Amazon.com or warisalie.org uh, or anywhere else that books are sold. And again, David, your uh, website, World Beyond War, is worldbeyondwar.org. And where can they catch your blog? Uh, well, I blog there along with lots of other people and at warisacrime.org, uh, not to be confused with warisalie.org. Go to, go to both of those places. Uh, and my personal website is davidswanson.org. Excellent. David Swanson, thank you so much for joining us this morning on Pieces of Peace. It has been a pleasure having you here. Yeah, me too. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Bye. Bye-bye. My guest is David Swanson, worldbeyondwar.org, and his book, his uh, updated second edition of his book, War is a Lie, is put out by Just World Book. Just came out.